Hello and welcome to Movement with the Most High. I am your host, Nicole, and I will be leading you through a time of meditating on scripture using our mind, body, and spirit. I am a certified independent revelation wellness instructor, and it is my passion and privilege to help you find freedom through Christ and claim the victory that you have access to because of the work of Jesus on the cross. So to start today, I'm just going to encourage you to begin moving your body if you haven't started already and take two deep breaths, inhaling for a count of four and exhaling for a count of six. Do that once more, inhaling for a count of four and exhaling for a count of six. As you breathe, position yourself in a way that is open to the Lord, whether that's with your palms up, with your shoulders back and chest high, or with your gaze directed above you. Whatever feels comfortable for you and displays an openness to God, do that now as we open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we invite you into this space and into this time. Whether we're on a walk outside, on a stationary bike, dancing in our living room, or anything else, God, you see us, you know us, and you love us. Thank you for giving us your word to learn from and to hear from you. It is a huge privilege and honor to have access to your word. We pray that the next half an hour would be glorifying to you and that it would be a time of deep connection with you. We love you and we're excited to experience everything you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys, this is my very first podcast, and I am so excited and so thankful that you've joined me. With it being the beginning of December, this is the first of a four-part series throughout the season of Advent. The word Advent literally means coming. It is the season that we reflect upon the way that Jesus came to the earth, but also anticipating the second coming of Christ. So today we'll be reading through Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, through to the end of chapter 2, and we'll be discussing it and reflecting upon it as we go along, and I'll just be giving you opportunities to pause and pray throughout our time together. I encourage you to use this time to be focused and undistracted, because I truly believe that the Lord is going to use this time to continue His work of freedom, healing, and hope in our hearts. So be attentive to the ways that He is moving. So let's jump in, starting in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, in the English Standard Version. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So let's talk about these verses. In this time, to be unmarried and pregnant would have been a huge source of shame and disgrace for the entire family involved, and the pregnant woman most likely would have been condemned to death. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, it talks about what steps to take if various situations regarding this occur. And in verses 20 and 21, it says, But suppose the man's accusations are true, and he can show that she was not a virgin. The woman must be taken to the door of her father's home, and there the men of the town must stone her to death, for she has committed a disgraceful crime in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her parents' home. In this way you will purge this evil from among you. 
So as you can see, this kind of situation was very serious in Mary and Joseph's day. Joseph would have been for sure in his rights to expose her when he found out about her pregnancy, and even to watch the men of the town stone her to death. However, he doesn't. It says he was a righteous man. I love that. Not righteous in society's eyes, righteous in God's eyes. So his plan was to break off the engagement with Mary, but to do so in a way that did not bring public shame and humiliation upon her. So let's keep reading from Matthew, continuing in verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Wow. I love how the angel of the Lord addresses him as Joseph, son of David. It's so cool to me that Jesus was prophesied to come through the line of David, and he did from both Joseph and Mary. Luke chapter 1 verses 32 to 33 say, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Another amazing aspect of this section is when the angel of the Lord instructs Joseph to take Mary as his wife and to name their child Jesus. Jesus means salvation. It means God saves. Before he was even born, he already had the mission of saving his people from their sins. That's a huge task and responsibility for an unborn child. Of course, it happened in God's timing, which allowed him to first grow and mature, but still, it's a huge burden for one person to have on their shoulders. Let's pause for a moment and just imagine what it might have felt like for Jesus as he grew up, starting to recognize the fact that he was born to die. What might it have felt like for Mary and Joseph, knowing that their sweet baby would have had to endure more anguish than anyone else in all time? So I'm going to give you a moment now, so just take a moment to reflect. As you reflect on that, just notice what's happening in your body. Are there any parts of you that feel more tense after thinking about that? Is your heart beating faster? What sensations are happening in your body? I ask because our bodies and souls are so connected and everything you experience in your soul is experienced in your body too and whether you notice it or not. And so we want to just begin to have a deeper awareness of ourselves. So to continue, another thing I noticed from that passage is that Joseph contemplated his options after finding out about Mary's pregnancy. And that's when the angel of the Lord appeared to share this information with him. He must have been filled with confusion and disappointment, thinking his engagement and future marriage was over. But the angel of the Lord cleared all of that up for him and told him exactly how to proceed. And I love that. 
The Lord brings clarity. He is not a God of confusion, but of peace and clarity. Is there anything in your life right now that doesn't feel clear? Maybe now is a good time to ask God to show you how to proceed, to give you greater understanding of the situation. So go ahead, take another moment, and just talk to the Lord about what's on your heart. Confusion is not from the Lord. Clarity is from the Lord. So let's continue in verse 22. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm dog-sitting right now, and the dog that I'm with is, is laying beside me snoring. So if you hear any of those sounds, I apologize. <laughs> okay, continuing. Um, easily distracted by dogs. Um, okay. I love how Joseph does not hesitate to believe what the angel has told him. He simply trusts the Lord's plan, even though it may not have felt simple. He obeyed by marrying Mary, taking her as his wife, taking care of her throughout the entirety of her pregnancy, and then giving their newborn son the name Jesus. His response of immediate belief and obedience reminds me of Mary's response when the angel of the Lord appears to her and she says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. A beautiful response of faith. And we'll talk about that more um, and more about Mary's experiences um, in Luke chapter one in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, so Emmanuel, God with us. God's character is revealed through these names. Jesus, God saves, and Emmanuel, God with us. The desire of his heart is for nothing to come between him and us, his people. He desires to be with us, to dwell with us, and to be close in relationship with us. How amazing is it that our creator would go to such great lengths, literally becoming his creation to restore our relationship and to bring peace between us and God. So my question for you is which one of these names resonates with you the most today? So there's Jesus, God saves, and Emmanuel, God with us. What does it reveal to you about who God is and how do you experience God in your daily life as the God who saves or as God with us? So just take a moment to reflect.
Another aspect of these verses that I think should be discussed is when it says that Joseph did not have sexual relations with Mary until after Jesus was born. Why did this need to be said in scripture? I think that because of the skepticism in the world, many argue that Jesus is not the son of God, but that Joseph is his biological father. However, the Bible is clear that this is not the case. I think that this verse clarifies the fact that Jesus is indeed the son of God. And even throughout Jesus's ministry, he was bringing clarity to these rumors of his conception and birth. Um, John chapter eight, verse 42, he says, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. So let's continue reading in Matthew chapter two, verse one. Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for his people. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I totally read that wrong. Okay, let me repeat that so last sentence. Sorry about that. Um, okay, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learnt from them the time that the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. So let's pause here for a minute. Obviously, King Herod did not want to worship the newborn king, along with the wise men. It says that he was deeply disturbed when he heard about Jesus. He viewed the newborn king, Jesus, as a threat to his own kingdom, and his jealousy, as we'll read a little bit later in the chapter, leads to his decision to kill all of the male children two years and younger in Bethlehem. And I did some research on this, and apparently, based on Bethlehem's population at the time, the number of male children that were killed were likely between 20 and 30. King Herod's jealousy cost the lives of 20 to 30 children and resulted in the broken hearts of 40 to 60 parents, not including all of the others that would have been affected by this. This is devastating and it was all in an attempt to kill Jesus. Jesus was literally being hunted down and wanted dead his entire life, starting when he was just a little child. It's unbelievable. James chapter three, verse 16 says, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. And this is what I see in King Herod. Jealousy breeds evil. And so another question for you, and this is just honest reflection. Is there any jealousy in your heart today that you need to hand over to the Lord and ask for his forgiveness? And, and this is not a condemning question, but just let's just do an honest heart scan because 
Because truly, if the desire of our hearts is to become more and more like Jesus, in order to do that, we have to deny ourselves. We have to pick up our cross. We have to follow him. And we, we need less and less of ourselves. And so I'm just going to be quiet again for a moment so that we can surrender any jealousy residing in us to the Lord. Another thing that I noticed from the text is that it says that the ruler to come, being Jesus, would be a shepherd for his people Israel. He came to be a shepherd for his flock. In John chapter 10 verses 14 and 15, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Jesus came to be a good shepherd and he came to lay down his life for his sheep. You are one of his sheep that he came to lay down his life for, to buy your salvation and your freedom. Let's just soak that in for a moment. You are one of his sheep that he came to lay down his life for, to purchase your salvation and your freedom. Wow, <laughs> just wow. Jesus is so good. All right, let's continue in verse nine. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to, to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Let's talk about the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Many of us are familiar with these gifts that Jesus was given by the wise men. These gifts were intended to honor baby Jesus and worship him, acknowledging his kingship. Ecclesiastes 2 verse 8a says, I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. 
So gold was the treasure of kings. The gold that the wise men gifted Jesus um, was a representation of his royalty. Exodus 30 verses 34 and 35 say, Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather fragrant, fragrant spices, resin droplets, mollusk shell, and gal- galbanum, <laughs> and mix these fragrant spices with pure frankincense, weighed out in equal amounts. Using the usual techniques of the incense maker, blend the spices together and sprinkle them with salt to produce a pure and holy incense. This was the only incense allowed to be burned on the altar, and it had to be prepared in this way. This incense, with pure frankincense included, was called holy. Think about that. Little Jesus was gifted frankincense. I think there's a connection between the only blend deemed pure and holy to be burned on the altar and Jesus Christ being the only human in all of history to live a life that was completely perfect, pure, holy, and sinless. Think about that. Hebrews 7 verse 26 says, For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, and separated from sinner, and exalted above the heavens. 1 Peter 1 verse 19 says, But with precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished, and spotless the blood of Christ. And 1 John 3 verse 3 to 5 says, And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who practices sin also also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Friends, Jesus came to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. He is the holy and pure sacrifice made for the cleansing of all sins. What a savior we have. And this is why we are doing this today. This is why we are moving with the Lord Most High today, because we need less of us and more of him. Because as we move and hear the truth in God's word, our brains are being rewired. Our bodies are absorbing this truth and it's renewing our minds. This is why we move. Because we have a creator who is worthy of praise. And we want to give him praise with all of us today. With all of our minds, all of our bodies, and all of our souls. So keep moving because he is changing us from the inside out. Listen to this. John 19 verse 39 and 40 says, With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. Following Jewish burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices in long sheets of linen cloth. So the gift of myrrh from the wise men foreshadows Jesus' death and the way to salvation. So putting all of those three together, the gifts that were given to Jesus encompassed his royalty, his kingship, his purity, his holiness, his sacrificial love, and his position as a mediator between us and God. 
So let's keep reading in Matthew chapter 2. I believe we were on verse 13. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Ar Ar Archila Car I'm sorry, I don't know how to say that. Okay, moving on. You guys can look it up yourselves. He was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. All right, so that brings us to the end of Matthew chapter 2. Um, and, and I do apologize about some of my pronunciations. I, I am not a Bible expert, okay, you guys? I am not. All right, so we heard about the devastation of Herod's decision, as we talked about earlier, and we heard about the angel appearing to Joseph in a dream twice and saying, get up, and instructing him how to move forward in a way that protects his family and keeps them safe. So today we read through Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, all the way through to the end of chapter 2. Within this section of scripture, there are five prophecies fulfilled. The first one was in chapter 1, verse 23, which prophesied that Jesus would be conceived within a virgin and will be called Emmanuel. The second was in chapter 2, verse 6, which prophesied that Jesus would come from Bethlehem and will be a shepherd for his people. The third was in verse 15, which prophesied that God would call his son out of Egypt. The fourth was in verse 18, which prophesied that there would be great mourning and weeping over the lost children. And lastly, the fifth was in verse 23, which prophesied that Jesus would be called a Nazarene. It's amazing that Jesus fulfilled all of these prophecies spoken and recorded long before he came to the earth, and there are still prophecies waiting to be fulfilled. And that's what we talked about um, Advent being. It's the season of reflecting upon the way that Jesus came to the earth but also anticipating the second coming of Christ. We are in this, this in-between season of the already and not yet. And so I just want to thank you for joining me today, for taking the time to implant the living word of God in your hearts, and for being open to the work of the Lord within this time. My prayer for you is that this time would have been fruitful have connected with the Lord Most High in a fresh way, and that you would continue the conversation with him beyond this podcast episode. 
and it is my joy to be able to share God's word with you. And if you feel led, would you please consider donating to this ministry so that I can continue providing resources that promotes God's freedom and love. So may you go in the peace of Christ, knowing that you are intricately designed, intimately known, and incredibly loved. God bless you.